Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Uh, today is 30 June. It's the last day of June. And uh, as I posted on the sunrise photo this morning, if you take two letters and uh, just swap them out, we'll be in July tomorrow. So from June to July, and there you go. Um, having said that, this is the weekend before the 4th of July, and they wisely decided to have the 4th of July celebration this weekend instead of next, because once something is over, it's kind of over. So yesterday we had down at the Kissing Statue in uh, downtown Sarasota, we had the annual 4th of July celebration for the Sarasota Patriots, and I've been asked a couple years in a row to give the invocation there, which I did yesterday before going home because I wasn't, I had something happen on Friday and I wasn't too well, so I needed to go uh, uh, back home right away, but I did get down there to do the invocation, and I was asked to read that for the Prophecy Update today, so we'll do that right now. This is a prayer for the United States of America, 29 June 2019, which now is the 30th, in honor of Independence Day, 4 July 2019. Lord God, how thankful we are to you for the nation in which we live and for the many, many blessings which you have lavished upon us. To live in the United States is not a point of boasting, but a point of celebration and joy. We did nothing to merit living here, but it is because you have allowed us this privilege for which we are truly grateful. Thank you that our forefathers had the mind and the wisdom to establish this land based on a faithful allegiance to you, even from the very first moments of our inception. As the authors of the Mayflower Compact stated in their opening words, in the name of God, amen. And when the founding fathers of what would become the United States gathered together, they signed a document filled with acknowledgement of you. From its first words until its closing statement, they understood that you are the director of peoples, nations, and governments. As they closed out the declaration which established this nation, they agreed with that notion. It was with, as they state, a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. Lord God, we know that this is as true today as it was when those brave men signed that document. It is evident in the 2016 elections when you saw it right, fitting, and proper to bring about the presidency of Donald Trump. How could it be otherwise? And since that joyous day, you have continued to guide him, protect him, and give him wisdom to brush aside the wicked and perverse agenda of those who stand against what is right, proper, and moral. Please continue to protect him. Please continue to guide this nation. And please know, Lord God, how thankful we are to you for the nation in which we live. Thank you again for the many blessings which you have lavished upon us. All praise, glory, and honor belong to you. This prayer is given in the name of your glorious Son, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our first category, as always, is Israel. I have uh, just a couple of articles, a few from Israel. Most of them today are from the Islam category, but from uh, Quartz, Jared Kushner's peace plan reads like a real estate developer's brochure. This was an analysis that came out right after it was announced, 
And most of these are from earlier in the week, but they reflect what has been said again and again throughout the week. Nothing is new from the very early uh, analysis of this, but I thought this was, was not a bad um, analysis, so here we go. On June 22nd, Kushner unveiled his proposal entitled Peace to Prosperity. It reads somewhat like a glossy brochure for a proposed building development. As developers are wont to do, Kushner paints a rosy future. Generations of Fakistinians have lived under adversity and loss, but the next chapter can be defined by freedom and dignity. The plan is premised on three tenets, unleashing economic potential, empowering the Fakistinians, and enhancing Fakistinian governance. It's replete with buzzwords, charts, and tables. It promises investments in private enterprise, education, healthcare, and government in the Gaza Strip and West Bank. It features images of happy Fakistinians with minimal mention of Israel and no discussion of the state of Fakistan. It contains no political solution to the problem Kushner was tasked with solving. It doesn't address the difficult questions that have doomed other peace proposals, like the status of the city of Jerusalem or Fakistinians' right of return. There's no talk of what might be done with Israeli settlements and occupied territories, nor any discussion of borders at all. What it offers is a carrot and a warning. If implemented, peace to prosperity will empower the Fakistinian people to build the society that they had aspired to establish for generations. With the support of the international community, this vision is within reach, he says. Ultimately, however, the power to unlock it lies in the hands of the Fakistinian people. Only through peace can the fakes achieve prosperity. The White House says that a political solution outlining that peace will eventually be proposed, but for now, there is just this colorful and optimistic roadmap to Fakistinian prosperity. And I said long before this was actually released that it would not be a success. There's two reasons. One, because Donald Trump is not the Antichrist. He doesn't fit the pattern which is in the uh, Bible. It's going to be somebody from Rome. It is not going to be somebody from the United States. And it will also not succeed because it is based on a monetary submission to these people who want nothing, nothing to do with uh, peace at all. And they want nothing to do with harmony with the Jewish people. So from Al-Arabiya, and I'm going to go through all of this again and again. We'll see this in the Israel category and in the Islam category. It is the same thing that is, uh, matches both sides. Anyway, from Al-Arabiya, Netanyahu ready to consider long-awaited U.S. peace plan. So Netanyahu says, yes, we're going to take a look at it. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu said he is ready to consider a U.S. peace plan to resolve his country's long-running conflict with the Palestinians. The Fakistinian leadership has already rejected the plan as they it hadn't even come out and they had rejected it, citing U.S. bias after the White House recognized bitterly divided Jerusalem as Israel's capital. I don't understand how they rejected the plan even before knowing what it contained. That's not how you move forward. And as I've said, they do not want to move forward. This is not going to help at all because we've been throwing the same amount of money at them for years and years and years and years and nothing has been done about this issue. So from uh, the Times of Israel, Netanyahu ally rejects U.S. proposed West Bank Gaza travel corridor. One of the things that was proposed was a travel corridor from Gaza over to the West Bank, which would unite the two Palestinian peoples as one. A cabinet minister and ally of Prime Minister Netanyahu questioned a key component of the Trump admin's new Middle East peace plan, 
Sahi Hanegbi said that the U.S. proposal for a land link between the West Bank and Gaza Strip is irrelevant as long as the Hamas terror group controls Gaza. The $50 billion economic plan calls for a travel corridor between these two areas through Israel. It envisions the construction of a modern road and potentially a rail line to link the West Bank and Gaza Strip, touching on long-standing uh, Palestinian concerns that the two territories, currently ruled by different factions, you have Fatah over here and you've got Hamas over here, are not connected. Israel, however, fears such infrastructure would be used by Hamas terror group to funnel military materials into the territory to use against the Jewish state. There's no doubt about this. To even propose this at this point was not a good idea. It will be relevant when Gaza will stop being a pro-Iranian terror kingdom, meaning it's irrelevant today and in the foreseeable future, Hanigbi told Israeli radio. The Trump admin sees the Fakistinian investment and infrastructure proposal as the economic engine powering its much-anticipated but still unreleased Middle East peace plan. The plan calls for projects worth $27.5 billion in the West Bank and Gaza, $9.1 billion, $7.4 billion, and $6.3 billion for the fakes in Egypt, Jordan, and Lebanon, respectively. The projects envisioned are in the healthcare, education, power, water, high-tech, tourism, and agriculture sectors. All of that money has been passed on for the past 30 or so years. They've been putting it in, and it's been funneled out to build bombs, to kill Jews. None of it's been used. If they had used the money that they had been given, by now they would have paradise. They'd have exactly what the Jewish people have had to work for themselves. They've gone in there and they've established Israel. They've, of their own wisdom and hard work, made it a land which is beautiful. They've got desalinization plants which provide enough water for the whole country, etc. And instead of those people following along under the same example, these people have been living there in those areas and they've done nothing. And the Jews come in and show them how to do things, and they totally reject it. All they want to do is kill Jews. They do not want peace. So it was not a good idea there. Then from the Times of Israel, ex-CIA chief, U.S.-Israel relationship seems to have gone overboard. Former CIA director Leon Panetta said that the relationship between the Trump admin and Israel has become so friendly that the U.S. appears to have abandoned taking a balanced approach towards the Israelis and the Palestinians. Now, how that can be when you've just promised them $60 billion is a little bit, but there you go, impacting its credibility as a peace mediator. Panetta said in an interview that Washington's attitude had created serious problems for its efforts to present a plan to end the conflict. In some ways, it seems to go overboard in the way that they treat each other. It cannot look like the U.S. is in the pocket of Israel, or Israel, for that matter, is in the pocket of the United States. Well, they are our allies. They're the only effective democracy in the Middle East. Who do you think that we should be allied with? People that are trying to blow other people up? No, absolutely not. So that Pinheta does not know what he's talking about. That's why, anyway, I won't get into it, but anyway, Christian News from the Daily Caller. 
Only a couple articles from Christian News today, just because, like I said, most of it is speaking about the Middle East, but from Christian News, from the Daily Caller, Supreme Court upholds War Memorial Cross on public land. I'm so glad to see this. SCOTUS turned back a constitutional challenge to a cross-shaped war memorial in Maryland, finding that the monument does not violate the First Amendment. Of course it doesn't. Uh, Justices, who do you think? Of course, Ginsburg and Sotomayor were the two dissenters. Okay. Once you do that, you've got to take down the Ten Commandments, which are on the facade of the Supreme Court and every other thing in this country with which this country was established on. So they did the right thing in this decision, and these people need to stop these lawsuits and wasting time because this is not something that violates any supposed separation of church and state, which does not exist in the Constitution anyway. Sure they both voted? They both voted no. So to my, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> From uh, CBN. Unlike anything you've seen, a powerful show about Jesus' life, okay? I just thought I'd throw this in in case you're interested in it. I have not seen it. Somebody emailed me or posted, I can't remember which, and said that it's very good. Um, If you have seen it and if you have a recommendation one way or another, let me know and I, I will let people know. But filmmaker Dallas Jenkins has broken records and boundaries with his new project called, anybody heard it? The Chosen. Okay, the first ever multi-season TV series about Jesus' life. The innovative project is also the biggest crowdfunding media project in world history, with more than 16,000 investors giving over $10 million. I've seen all the Jesus movies and miniseries, but there's never actually been a multiple-season show about the life of Jesus Christ, Jenkins said. And the beauty of a multi-season show is that you can really take the time to dig into the characters and dig into the backstories of these people who encounter Jesus. Jenkins and his team have repeatedly said that The Chosen is unlike anything you've seen, with the filmmaker pledging to, and here's where people will start taking exception with it, I do not personally take exception with this, but there are a lot of people out there that just are, are finger pointers and they want to tear everything apart because they are better Christians than you, but here it is. Um, they are pledging to protect the integrity of Scripture, we all agree with that, in the midst of efforts to fill in a lot of gaps that help show more details about the lives of the people mentioned in the Bible. In other words, we know that Peter is a historical figure. We know exactly what Peter said in the Gospels and in the book of Acts, etc. But... There are certain things where Peter walks up and he's talking to John about something, and that's not in the Bible, okay? So they will take and they'll put in stories to show why James and John are such loving brothers and why they're called uh, Boanerges or the uh, Sons of Thunder, right? They might talk about something like that, or they might talk about, you know, Paul at some point showing up and, and, you know, who are these guys, even though he's not even a part of the Bible yet, You know, he doesn't come until later in the Bible. They may show him somewhere in the gospel story. He's a Pharisee, and we don't know. All I'm saying is that they are showing, they are filling in information, because if you were to take the gospels and you were to make them into a movie, we all know you're going to have about an hour and a half movie, and that's about it, okay, because you only have so many words in the gospel accounts. If you want to make a miniseries, you've got to make things interesting. You've got to show background information. I have zero problem with that type of approach as long as people understand that that is not in Scripture. As long as they announce that and they say, this isn't part of Scripture, we're just trying to show a story, it's great. 
But there will be people that will tear it apart. And if you're one of them, please do not email me. Don't, don't email me that kind of stuff because I am uninterested in it. I like things that show you background. I like things that give you information that maybe you wouldn't have thought of, etc. You watch some of these old stories about the life of Jacob and they do that. And it's like, it wasn't that wonderful story. And then there's somebody there posting on YouTube, you know, they added into the word of God. Of course they did, right? They never claimed that this is scripture. If it was, they just have somebody reading scripture. Anyway, nonsense. But there you go. From Islam today. From the Washington Post, UN to appeal for $1.2 billion to help 5 million Palestinians. Okay, this is UN needing money to take care of them. Why is that the case? Because our president, thankfully, was wise enough to stop sending them money because why? They take that money and they pay to the salaries of these people that kill Jews. Even if they did it 20 years ago and they're in prison somewhere, they pay the family money as stipend for having killed a Jew. And our president said, we're not going to be a part of that ever, ever. We are not going to be funding terrorism. So he pulled all that money out. Now they need the money from somebody else. Doesn't bother me a bit. We should not be paying for that kind of stuff. The head of the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees says he hopes donors will be as generous this year as they were last year when the U.S. cut all funding for the $1.2 billion program to help some 5 million of them. Okay. Good job, President Trump. As I said, we've been giving them billions and billions of dollars every single year, and this has gone on for years and years and years, and they have nothing to show for it, except a lot of bombs that they have lobbed into Israel or people that they have paid to go in and kill Jews. That is all they have to show for all of the money that has been sent to them. All right? So, from the Times of Israel, Arab League renews pledge to give the Palestinians $100 million in monthly aid. Good. Let the Arabs pay for it. No problem there. Arab finance ministers meeting in Cairo renewed a promise first made in April to boost the FA budget with a $100 million monthly transfer as it faces financial burdens. They also insisted in an implicit rebuke to the White House's economic plan on the complete Arab support to the Palestinians' state's economic, political, and financial independence. Well, they've had that all along and they haven't used it, so who cares? From Al-Arabiya, Adel Al-Juber says, whatever the Palestinians accept, everyone else will accept. This is their way of getting out of Trump's peace plan. All they do is they say, if the fakes will accept it, we'll accept it too. And they know already in advance of it even being submitted that they're not going to accept it. So that takes them out of any responsibility for upsetting Trump. Okay, Saudi Arabia's minister of state for foreign affairs said that improving the Palestinian situation should be welcomed, but that addressing the political process and resolving the conflict with Israel is extremely important. The fakes are the ones who have the ultimate decision in this because it's their issue, and so whatever they accept, I believe everybody will also accept. Okay, so there you go with that. It's not going to happen. People have been calling Trump the Antichrist for years now, for the past two years since he said you know, I, I'd like to try give this a, a shot, deal of the century, etc. And they're wrong. One, it doesn't match scripture, as I already said. And two, it's not the time for this. And he's got the wrong plan for this. It's not going to happen. All right. From Reuters, Kushner's economic plan for Mideast peace faces broad Arab rejection. Why? Because we just read the fakes reject it. Arab rejects it. From the Times of Israel, Lebanon slams the U.S. plan, says it will not be tempted by cash at the Palestinians' expense. Exactly what I said would happen 
has happened. They will not deal because money is not the issue with these people. Ideology is the issue, okay? Money is not the answer for everything, okay? Although the Bible does say in Ecclesiastes, money is the answer for everything. He's making a point, okay? But in this case, it is not the answer. Why not? Hamas, our nation will resist U.S. attempts to turn Palestinian issue into an economic one. They say our nation when they don't have a nation. All right. Reuters, U.S. Mideast peace plan to boost Palestinian resistance. Iran parliament head. In other words, it's only going to make it worse, not better. Okay. From Ynet, Fatah, U.S. peace plan is bribe to kill our national aspirations. Their national aspirations are to have their country from the Jordan to the Mediterranean with no Jews. That is their aspirations. They have been very vocal about that, and that is all that they want, and they want nothing else at this point. Fakistinian President Abbas's Fatah faction rejected outright the first part of President Trump's peace plan shortly after it became public, saying that it constituted little more than a bribe for the Fakistinian people to abandon their hopes of an independent state. From the Times of Israel, U.S. uses pictures from programs it cut to promote its new Palestinian economic plan. They cut these UNRWA programs, and Kushner took pictures from those programs and put them in his plan. You talk about a slap in people's faces. He probably didn't know it was happening, but they would not take that well, I got to tell you. Experts say Kushner's team's reliance on images from projects the admin has defunded underlines the new plan's ideas are either pie in the sky or have already been tried. That just made me tickle when I read that one. From the Jerusalem Post, Bahrain summit has united Palestinians, but not how the U.S. intended. Palestinian public, including business leaders and their political factions, is united in its rejection of the Bahrain conference. Even the Palestinian authorities' rivals in Hamas, Islamic Jihad, and other groups have come out in support of its strong rejection of the conference. Remarkably, the Bahrain workshop and upcoming deal of the century have managed to achieve what Egyptians and other Arabs have utterly failed to do. Palestinian national unity. They all agree on something for the first time in history. For the first time in two years, the Palestinians feel that they have dealt a blow to President Trump's admin. So this was not a smart idea that they had. I understand our president is a money guy. He made his living making lots of money. He was bailed out a couple times and then he increased his wealth again. He thinks that money is going to resolve this and it is not, okay? I am behind our president 100% and if anything, he may have done this knowing that it wasn't gonna be a success simply to show that that is not an issue that will ever solve their problems. I don't know. I don't know what's on our president's mind in this issue, okay? I do know that Jared Kushner was the one tasked with it and he has not done a good job of it unless it is exactly what they intended to do, which was to continue with the way things are. I don't know. I don't want to second-guess this, and I'm not a uh, conspiracy theorist or anything like that. So this is just the results of what was proposed. From Fox News, Lindsey Graham, if Iran attacks shipping again, U.S. should consider taking out their Navy and oil refineries. I think that would be a good place to start. The Senate Judiciary Committee chairman added that President Trump should create a target list in the case Iran's activities put the U.S. or its allies in danger. I guarantee you they already have a target list. There's no doubt about it. But I think he is correct. Take out their Navy first and their oil refineries, and that will be a strong hint that they need to quit what they're doing. But 
We'll go on. Times of Israel. In Israel, Bolton warns Iran to not mistake U.S. prudence for weakness. Iran should not misinterpret President Trump's decision not to retaliate over the shooting down of an American drone last week as weakness. U.S. National Security Advisor Bolton said in Jerusalem, neither Iran nor any other hostile actor should mistake U.S. prudence and discretion for weakness. No one has granted them a hunting license in the Middle East. Friday, Trump acknowledged that he had ordered a halt to a planned strike on three Iranian military sites that would have killed 150 people, reasoning that the death toll was disproportionate to Iran shooting down of an unmanned drone earlier in the last week over the Strait of Hormuz. And I agree with him totally. He did the right thing. There's another reason that he did this, which we'll get to in a few minutes, but he did the right thing. It would have been overwhelming. And, you know, you want to be overwhelming when you protect your nation. But when you're talking about equipment as opposed to human lives, he said, we're going to go in and blow up some places, but there are people in those places. And so we've given them one chance. He said very clearly, you're not to ever try this again or we will respond. And when they do, blow up 150, blow up 1,000 of them. doesn't make any difference. But he did the right thing in this. All right, from uh, Zero Hedge, here it is. Here's a good reason why they announced that they are going to blow up Iran and then he withdrew. Think it through. Iran activated air defenses in Syria after learning of U.S. attack. The Iranian forces in Syria activated their air defenses after learning of the U.S. planned attack. The Iranian forces learned of the U.S. planned attack and prepared their air defense systems for the confrontation. The Iranians got intelligence about a coming U.S. attack on the IRGC in Syria. Following this, the Iranian military contingent located in the eastern part of the country was placed on high alert, including their air defense systems. When they turn on their systems, we can read their systems. We know how to respond next time. If you're going to threaten an attack and they turn on their systems, you now know what to do next time so that you're not attacked by them. It was a very smart move. No dummy was involved in this, and we do not have a dummy in the White House like we had for the past eight years. It exposed their air defenses. And the Democrats as well. Very well said. All right, from Fox, Rand Paul praises Trump, says it really takes a statesman to show restraint amid calls for war. I am not a fan of Rand Paul, okay? Libertarian is a great idea on paper. It does not work in reality. I know I'm going to get a lot of people that are angry about me saying that. It's a pie-in-the-sky ideology. One of my friends posted this uh, meme on Facebook that had picture of American flags all around Iran. And it said under there, who is the aggressor in this? One, that is very naive. The nation that does not deal with Iran is the nation that will be under. That's all there is to it. And it was not aggression. It is called containment. That's why we have those people around there. Libertarian ideology says everybody gets to do what they want. Nobody interferes with anybody else. And just take care of yourself. That is naive at best. We have people coming over our borders that intend us harm. I read an article this morning that they got three ISIS people down in, I think it was Honduras, that it arrived. They know they arrived and they finally found them, but they were on their way up to America. And we've had dozens and dozens come up through here, plus people from Pakistan and, and uh, Sudan and all these other places. They do not intend us happy times. And the libertarian ideology is not a good ideology when it comes to running a government. As I said, in, you know, uh, hopes, it's a great thing. But in reality, it is not a smart thing. Okay. I don't know. You know, Democrat is obviously the wrong 
party to be a part of. And Republicans have been rhinos for years, and they haven't done much of anything either. But there has to be something that runs this nation, and it isn't libertarianism. That is a certain death sentence on yourself. Okay? Anyway, that's just my opinion on Rand Paul. What's that? Yeah, that's right. It works when everybody else doesn't want to kill you. It works when everybody else doesn't intend you harm or whatever else. But there you go. Anyway, from Fox News, anti-Trump MSNBC host Chris Matthews praises President Trump for calling off Iran strike. Okay, so he says we don't want to have war and he did the right thing. But eventually our president is going to take action. And when he does, they're all going to be upset at him and say you're starting another war when in fact... Iran is the aggressors in this. They are the ones that come in and they want to harm Israel to the point that they are extinct. They want to get rid of the United States of America. Death to the great Satan. They chant it in every parliament meeting over there. We are not loved by these people. And as I said, the nation that does not deal with Iran is a nation that will go under. Okay. From uh, AP, Pompeo and Mideast talks on building a coalition against Iran. From the Times of Israel, Europe cool on U.S. talk of coalition against Iran seeks de-escalation. The European Union is going under as well, and then they're going to be replaced with something else, which the Bible says will be the real end times government over there. Okay, we'll see what happens and when that happens. From Fox News, U.N. Security Council condemns attacks on oil tankers, but not on Iran. Okay. Well, you know, some people say that it was a self-inflicted wound. We did it to ourselves, to, you know, in order to get a war going, and or maybe the Saudis did it so they could get their oil prices up. I mean, everybody's a specialist. Everybody knows what's going on. It's pretty evident that Iran did it, okay? But whatever. From Fox News, Cruz Bill, Ted Cruz, would use Iran sanctions cash to pay for downed U.S. drone. Good idea. Senator Cruz filed legislation that would take hundreds of millions of dollars from frozen Iranian bank accounts and use them to offset the cost of a military drone that was shot down by Tehran. I like that idea. All right. From Wynet, Iranians say their bones breaking under U.S. sanctions, but regime shares the blame. These are common Iranians that were interviewed. We are having a difficult time, but it's not all anybody else's fault. It's also our regime's fault. They understand the country that they live in. They remember when they could walk around without bales on their head. They remembered when they had cars to drive and everything else. And ever since the Islamic Revolution, what was it, 1979? It's just gone downhill since then. So it says uh, inflation is over 37%. More than 3 million working age people are unemployed. And depreciation and inflation are making everything more expensive. Now the citizens of Iran are sick of the government for attributing every problem to American punitive measures. Good, I'm glad they realize that. From Fox News, CNN's Farid Zakaria. Thousands could die because of Trump's sanctions on Iran. And millions would die without them. They would have their nuclear bombs. They would have their uh, IRGC out there doing what they're doing and funneling weapons all over the place. Naive people at best on the left. From the Wall Street Journal, U.S.-Israel looked to coax Russia away from Iran alliance. Okay, this was at the beginning of the week. I said, that's not going to happen. Here's the article. The U.S. and Israel are working to convince Russia to join them in reigning in Iran during an unusual gathering of the three countries. National security advisors this week, part of a flurry of diplomatic activity amid tensions with Tehran. Okay, and then from the Times of Israel, two days later, in trilateral Jerusalem summit, Russia sides with Iran against Israel and the U.S. 
So it's exactly as the Bible said it would happen. Go read Ezekiel 38. Know the players that are involved. Gog Magog is this alliance. It's not going to get diminished by our diplomatic attempts. It's going to be increased. Okay, on to Mongolia. From Bird Guides. This is kind of a fun article. Let's see here. Mongolian Cuckoo Project gets underway. Yeah, early June saw the launch of the Mongolia Cuckoo Project. A new, this sounds like us trying to get the Russians to not side with the Iranians. That's a cuckoo project. Anyway, uh, let's see here. Early June saw the launch of the Mongolian Cuckoo Project, a new tracking program to better understand where Central Asian cuckoos go during their annual life cycles. The project aims to discover more about the wintering grounds and migration routes of cuckoos in East Asia as well as engaging the public through naming and following the birds. The project, which commenced in 2016, remarkably revealed that some common cuckoos were making nonstop flights up to 3,700 kilometers across the Indian Ocean to East Africa, from Mongolia all the way to East Africa. Indeed, the Oriental cuckoo has already thrown up a surprise. Since tagged on 6 June, it has moved some 1,625 kilometers north northwest into Russia, and it's still going. So this cuckoo goes from north-northwest Russia all the way to East Africa. And people think that evolution causes something like that, that God has no hand in it. The monarch butterfly starts its journey down to Mexico, and it dies, and then the next generation gets down there, and they breed, and then they come up and halfway, and it dies, and then the next one comes up. And how did they know to go to this one valley in Mexico? How did they know that when they're like the fourth generation since... They were there before. You know, God is wonderful, and he gives us hints of his hand upon us in all of creation, and we just ignore it. Anyway, Daniel 12 technology. Mail online, Amazon is selling a bracelet that gives you an electric shock when you eat too much fast food. We, we need one for President Trump on that. Bite your nails or spend too much time on the Internet. I'd get it for that because I have the Internet on all day, every day. I'm doing work, but it's going, so I'd be sh like this. <laughs> Wrist strap uses a small electric current to zap you into giving up your bad habits. It can be used to break bad habits like smoking, biting nails, or eating junk food, which I eat a lot of junk food, so... Yeah, I always get counseled by somebody. One of my friends will email me, you know, you really shouldn't be eating that after I say this. I can't help it. I'm a junk food junkie. So, And, and a lot of people will send me good food. Oh, by the way, talking about junk food, we have right here high chew candy. We got the bowl that our brother made for us and sent to us. And then Lynn, who came to visit us and went out to the projects with us, she saw the bowl and she said, I'm going to give them candy for their bowl. So we have high chew candy. If you want some junk food, here it is. There you go. Thank you, Lynn. Anyway, uh, we'll go on with the, uh, um, the pain is equivalent to touching a doorknob after rubbing socks on the carpet. So it's that little shock you get, okay? To give more users an incentive, the app can be downloaded by friends so that they can give you a buzz if they catch you eating an extra slice of cake. I, I can see that going over really well. Mail online, Alexa, monitor my heart tool for smart speakers could tell if you are having a cardiac arrest by listening to your breathing, and it's accurate 97% of the time. Now, I understand Alexa is one of these evil things that's listening to you all the time. It's gathering all of your information, but if you've got a heart problem, Alexa will take care of it. Cardiac arrest causes sufferers to produce short, gasping breaths. Amazon Alexa could detect these sounds and call emergency services. 
When tested on real calls, the tool identified sounds up to 20 feet away. So if you're having, I'm having a heart attack, then Alexa will call the, uh, the authorities or whatever. From NBC, this is cool. I'm just going to read you the title. It's a very long article. I can't break it down for you. So NASA to launch deep space atomic clock that could transform space exploration. Very, very cool stuff. Read the article if you like that kind of thing because it is really, really marvelous. From uh, Revelation Plagues, CNN, India's sixth biggest city is almost entirely out of water. Okay, yes, the floor of the, I can't pronounce it's this long of a name, reservoir is cracked open, dry and sun-baked. About 15 miles away in Kenai, India's sixth largest city, millions of people are running out of water. This big name again and three other reservoirs that have traditionally supplied Kenai are all nearly dry, leaving the city suffering from acute water shortage. Due to an inability to collect sufficient rainwater combined with low groundwater levels, there's the problem low groundwater levels, okay? Because you can have a reservoir run dry, that's no problem. It'll be filled during the monsoon season, but when your groundwater levels go low, that's not a good thing. Okay, anyway, low groundwater levels. Um, the Tamil Nadu state has, government has been struggling to provide water to residents. With the reservoirs dry, water is being brought directly into Kanai neighborhoods in trucks. Everybody in the cities got their water trucked in. That's got to be an expensive venture. Every day, hundreds of thousands of residents have no choice but to stand in line for hours in soaring summer temperatures, filling dozens of cans and plastic containers with supplies strictly rationed. Many wealthier families are, have taken to relying on expensive private water tankers. Now imagine this. We take water here for granted. We go in and we take a shower for 20 minutes or whatever. Okay, I go out and I work and I have an outdoor shower I built years ago and I'm in that thing 10 times a day. These people probably have not taken a shower in months and months. They are living by their hand alone and that is it. Okay, anyway, um, these people are bringing in their own private tankers. Although the municipal body has worked to prioritize low-income households, residents who book government water tankers could still wait up to a month use of private tankers to provide water are mostly inaccessible to those living in the city slums. Around 820,000 people live in slums in the city and cannot afford access to private tankers. So they have to wait until somebody brings them water. There's nothing else for them. For morality, women are human, says. Australia sets new guidelines to make sports inclusive for transgender and gender diverse. Athletes Sports Australia has joined the Australian HRC and the Coalition of Major Professional and Participation Sports to establish national guidelines intended to make sports inclusive for individuals who identify as transgender or gender diverse. New guidelines encourage sporting organizations, including coaches, umpires, staff, players, spectators, and volunteers to permit transgender and non-binary athletes to compete against members of the opposite sex. Welcome transgender and non-binary athletes into bathroom and shower facilities. Yeah, come on in. Designed for the opposite sex. Place disposal bins for used female hygiene products in male change rooms. Convert some or all facilities to unisex gender neutral. To accommodate non-binary athletes and provide non-gender uniforms that fit the physique of both sexes. It is a breach of the guideline for players to refuse to compete against or participate on a team with transgender and non-binary athletes, fail to affirm their gender with preferred pronouns, 
say that they are in the wrong bathroom or change room or ask about their bodies. If you do any of those, you are in violation of their standards. Transgender athlete Hannah Mouncey served as a consultant for the new guidelines. The six foot three inch, 250 pound tower of muscle dominated the Australian Women's Football League before being ruled ineligible and now commands Australian women's handball. Mr. Mouncey praised Sports Australia's stand for inclusivity. So you get this guy that was, you know, this giant guy that wants to be a woman. He, they tell him you can't do it, and now he is running the whole thing. They have got the uh, lunatics running the asylum. It's crazy. All right, my friend Daryl in Australia sent me some emails. Australian Christian Lobby set up a donation page for Israel Falau. Now that GoFundMe stopped him on their site. And he, in two days, has raised over $1 million, much more than in four days on the other site. Now, here's what happened. He had a GoFundMe site to help pay his legal bills because he, he's a Christian and he says that homosexuality is wrong. That's all he said. He didn't attack these people. He didn't say anything other than homosexuality is wrong according to Christian beliefs. And he was taken off of the team. He was told you can't be in sports anymore. He's been vilified by everybody in the press and in the government. And so to help pay his legal fees, they started a GoFundMe page. The GoFundMe page, they uh, found out that he's a Christian and they stopped it. They took his money away. He had $750,000 raised. They took that money away, sent it back to the people. Okay. So what happened? They started another site. Okay, the Christians in Australia started a site for him. He was at 750000 under GoFundMe. Within two days, he was over a million dollars, okay? So, hi, Charlie. Should also add that his wife, who plays netball for Australia, the world's best team, he says, is now under attack by sponsors of Netball Australia for supporting her husband. So, just by being married to this guy, now they're attacking her. Netball is currently standing by their woman, though. News this morning is that the Australian Christian Charities Not-for-Profits Commission asked to investigate the Australian Christian Lobby. So the Australian Christian Lobby starts this fundraiser because GoFundMe took away their money, and now somebody else is suing them to try to take away the money that they've raised for this. This guy is just being hammered for simply believing what the Bible says about persecuted, persecuted from the Daily Caller. Democrats unanimous as House passes bill forcing schools to let male athletes compete in girls' sports. That's unanimous. The Democrats have voted for that. Okay. Mail online. Boy who underwent groundbreaking surgery in the womb. He's in the womb. They did groundbreaking surgery on him to treat spinal bifida. Is thriving, walking, talking, and dancing a year after doctors warned he may be paralyzed for life. Oh, but it's just a nothing in there. Yeah, right. Little child had an operation in his mother's womb for spinal bifida, and that child is now fully healthy, whole, one-year-old, and dancing. Our other category, Reuters, Mexico. A lot of articles, I know I bring this up a lot, but this is an attack against the Bible. That's all there is to it. It's not just an attack against our nation. It is an attack against what God has ordained in Scripture. We've talked about that, you know. From Reuters, Mexico says it has deployed 15,000 forces to the north to halt U.S.-bound migration. I know you probably a lot of you have heard this, but for those of you who haven't, I want you to know what's going on as far as our immigration status. Mexico has not traditionally used security forces to stop undocumented foreign citizens leaving the country for the United States. And photographs of militarized police catching Central American and Cuban women at the border in recent days have met with criticism. 
Mexico is trying to curb a surge of migrants from third world countries crossing its territory in order to reach the United States under the threat of tariffs on its exports by President Trump. Our president did the right thing threatening them. If they decide they're going to stop doing what they're doing, he needs to put the tariffs on them and just be done with it. Let them pay for the wall. But one way or another, they are paying for it with their people right now. New York Times, Mexico's crackdown at its southern border, that was in the north, now the southern border, prompted by Trump, scares migrants from crossing. So they don't even want to come over the southern border, which means they're not even getting into Mexico. So that's helping Mexico as well. From CNN, CNN correspondent acknowledges, never seen this kind of cooperation from Mexico on the immigration border. That's a CNN correspondent that acknowledged that. From Christian News, Democrats agreed to approve some of President Trump's emergency border funding. You all know this. You know what happened. They, it wasn't enough, but I want to tell you my thoughts on one of the things that it says. The Democrats have finally agreed to approve at least a small part of President Trump's emergency border funding in order to deal with the spiraling humanitarian crisis. This legislation provides urgently needed humanitarian assistance for families, including funding of food, shelter, clothing, medical care, and legal assistance, and will relieve the horrific situation of overcrowding and help prevent additional deaths, Pelosi explained. Trump is making headway on the issue of funding. Last week, the Senate cleared a staggering $4.6 billion emergency bill through the committee with relative ease. Pelosi said that that bill is doing all of those things. And yet they are the ones that have not been willing to submit that bill until they were threatened with ICE deportation. So who is it that's been obstructing? Who is it that's been calling for this? Exactly. It's been the Democrat Party. From Zero Hedge. Jordan. DHS data shows high numbers of criminal, illegal migrants in these caravans. This is a guy's name, Jordan, not the country, Jordan. The DHS released data to the House Oversight and Reform Committee, revealing a significant number of illegal migrants attempting to enter the United States. 20% on average have criminal histories to include aggravated assault and three individuals convicted of murder. 20% of these people coming up are known criminals. And that's just what we know of them. The ones that have been criminals all along down there, and but they've never gotten caught or whatever. Yeah. Okay, from Fox, Bank of America CEO says company wants a cashless society. This is the Bank of America. CEO Brian Moynihan spoke about embracing digital payment transactions while moving toward a cashless society. The CEO spoke about Zelle, Google Pay, and Apple Pay and its increasing popularity. He said Bank of America will continue to move toward digital banking transactions. We want a cashless society. We have more to gain than anybody from pure operating cost perspective. Why? Because they've got all of these branches all over the place. It costs money. You actually have to walk in and, you know, deal with people and you have to have safety deposit boxes and all of these other things. It costs them money. They don't want it. They want pure profit. That's what it comes down to to them. It doesn't come down to being your help in a time of need or smiling across the counter. That's not what interests them. He explained that the Bank of America spends $5 billion for checks and cash to move around the company. Moynihan pointed out that many of the deposits are not made at the bank's branches, but he didn't discount the importance of having locations. On the other hand, between now and tomorrow, at this time, 800,000 people will walk into our branches, he said. It's a high-tech business, but you need both to be successful. Well, if they can get rid of those 800,000 people they have to interact with face-to-face -face 
and instead do it online, just think of all the money we'll be making. Woohoo! And then look at the bondage that we'll be in, as the Bible said 2,000 years ago. Exactly what it said. Zero hedge. This is going to be a hard word for me to pronounce. Demogrocopolis. I can't say it. D-E-M-O-G-R-O-C-A-L-Y-P-S-E. It's an apocalypse. Demogrocopolis. Anyway, whatever. Japan now has more people over the age of 80 than under the age of 10. In other words, they have a big burden in their society. I was there in the 80s for six years, and there were a lot of old people, and they weren't making a lot of young people. And now they have more people over the age of 80 than under the age of 10. They got a real problem there. Mail online. Controversial UN envoy warns climate change will put democracy at risk. Spark racism. And see the rich pay to escape his apocalyptic vision of the future while the poor suffer. Well, it sounds like everything that the Democrats want. Read it again. Mail online. Controversial UN envoy warns climate change will put democracy at risk. That's what the Democrats want. Okay? Spark racism. That's exactly what they want. And see the rich pay to escape his apocalyptic vision. Let the rich escape as long as they keep paying all of their high taxes. It's exactly what they want. So why worry about climate change? Anyway, okay, uh, CNN. Colorado got almost two feet of snow on the first day of summer. Stanford Advocate says Colorado's snowpack is 40 times normal after a rare summer solstice dump. Mail online. Anybody need a car? If you do, I know where to go buy one before the 4th of July. God, guns, and freedom. Alabama Ford dealership celebrates 4th of July by offering a free Bible, shotgun, an American flag to everyone who buys a vehicle. So I'll give you the article. If you send me, if you want to buy a car and you want to know who it is, send me an email. I'll give you the article and you can go buy a car and get a free Bible, a free shotgun, and an American flag. Got a less Rick here for you. Is this a good idea or bad? It would certainly make me quite mad. It gives you a shock, your bad habits to block. Even friends can give you a jab. Good job. Okay, irony of the week, and we'll be done. This one is a little less concise than most of the ironies. It's got some explanation in it, but mail online, that's bananas. Two men with the same name became best pals after spotting each other on Facebook, both dressed as yellow fruit, despite living 3,600 miles apart. The guy's names are Ben Codrington. He looked online and he said, I wonder if there's any other Ben Codrington in the world. He looked up, there's one guy. He looks at his picture. His profile picture is the same as his profile picture. They're both wearing banana suits. Yes. So, this, yes, Ben Codrington from London added only one man with the same name on Facebook. He discovered they were both aspiring stand-up comics who were born weeks apart. He flew to Toronto to meet after five days and said they'd become friends for life. Sounds like a couple of fruits to me. <laughs> Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week. <laughs>